Welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I am Jesse Brown. Doug is not here, but three awesome guests are, and I'm so, so, so excited. Today, I am going to sit down with three of my best gals, and we are going to talk about what it was like for them um, to be friends with me when I was struggling with infertility. And I think it's just going to be a really fantastic conversation. I don't I know if any of these has ever happened in public before, you know what I mean? Of like sitting with your friends and talking about all this. So I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing episode. And then later we're just going to talk about what their advice would be to the person that is struggling and what's it like to be a friend and maybe what you were thinking at the time, um, what friends were thinking at the time. So it's going to be really, really good. So I want to first off talk to my friend, Melissa, and my friend Katie is also here, and my friend Aaron is also here. Say hello. 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 Oh, my little <laughs> friends. I love it. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, and I just want to ask each one of you what it was like to be friends with me during my um, struggle of infertility. Yeah, going through the struggle of infertility with you has been definitely a journey of... Um, some really low lows, mm-hmm. some really high highs, um, a lot of lows. But I would say when you and Doug first started out, um, even just really trying to get pregnant, I I think at that point already had two children. I think mm-hmm. I had recently had my second daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew you guys were starting to try, and it was like, okay, yay, we're excited. It, everything felt like the normal natural progression of life and friendship. And um, we were a few years older than you and Doug, so it seemed right, right? We should have a couple kids, and now you're going to start having a couple kids or however many. And I remember um, the first time you guys went to the doctor because it it had been a year of trying, Mm -hmm. and then you went to the doctor. And I remember in the alleyway at our apartment complex, because for those of you that don't know, we live – very close to each other. Yes. In the same apartment So complex. does Aaron. We all live um, in the same apartment. <clears throat> I remember like throwing the trash out at the dumpster and Doug had just come back from his like, I don't know, going to the doctor, revealing whatever his, you know, specimen was or what, however things were going. And I was like, oh, hey, how'd it go? I had, I just had no thought. Like it mm-hmm. took, it took me and my husband at the time, like eight months to get pregnant the f- mm-hmm. with our first. And I was like, yeah, it's just, it's hard sometimes and it's not what you think. And so I was really relaxed about it. I had no worries for yeah. you. You kind of put me in that box too. Like it's, yeah, it's like, going to be what it is. Maybe mentally in your yeah, mind. Yeah. It's like, it's oh going to happen. You know, all the things that people say to you, like, oh, you know, you really can only get pregnant a certain window and it's a lot harder than people think. Right, and so right. if it takes a year, that's normal. So that was kind of what I was thinking. And I remember he goes, I said, how'd it go? Assuming it went fine. Mm-hmm. And he goes, not good. And I was like, oh, and he goes like, really not good, not good. (laughs) I think he said not good a Mm -hmm. few times. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, uh," and and then I, you know, (laughs) threw my trash away and I was like, we'll talk later. And I know we we had gotten together and talked more. And that was sort of the beginning of it Mm -hmm. where I think even as a friend, I had expectations and I, I don't know, I wasn't worried. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, slowly started rushing in and feeling concerned for you guys mm-hmm. and not knowing how to help or what to do. Mm-hmm. Totally not knowing. And I, I don't believe I had ever really walked through infertility with any um, friends. That I, if I have a friend that I did, I'm like 
so sorry. <laughs> I forgot about you. Uh, but I don't, I don't recall ever walking through that Yeah, in the same way with anyone. What did that feel like? Um, it <clears throat> felt super like, uh, like a horrible out of control. I, I want to say like a mild panic, like with nowhere to, and nothing to go or anything to do. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, oh, I want to fix. I want to do something, and I just couldn't. I mm-hmm. couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got super weird because, <laughs> and I don't know, weird is the word, but so shortly after this time, and things, you know, it went from oh, not good, not good, to like oh, super not good. We're going to have to go through major things to try to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know overwhelmed and drowning with two kids Mm -hmm. that were really close together. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I do not want to have another kid. I, maybe I do. I could think about maybe in a long time from now, it's an option. Did you ever feel like you couldn't complain to me because you have two girls and you were drowning? Well, I think at the beginning, I mean, I just love to complain to everybody. (laughs) Maybe I'm asking the wrong person here. (laughs) I mean, give me a, give me a microphone to complain about my stuff. But I, I remember at the beginning, no, but then yes, slowly as things started to happen and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard and I'm exhausted and everybody's crying and they need things. And it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you would love for somebody to be crying all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was really overwhelmed. We were, we had been thinking, do we want just two we're gonna stop at two we're gonna have three back and forth back and forth and at that point I was like well I don't know but not today you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and then super surprise one day sneak attack I got pregnant with my third daughter Ella Mm -hmm. and uh, we were not expecting that and she is you know the world's greatest surprise yeah. ever. She's a hilarious she human She's being. She um, is the best. But at the time I was like so overwhelmed and so panicked and like almost like depressed and mm-hmm. like devastated. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, uh, Ella, in 20 years when you listen to this, I love you forever. Um, but at the time I was very overwhelmed and um, even I was still postpartum for my previous baby. So mm-hmm. I was just like, and so this news, which later became super happy news for us at the onset was like crisis. It felt like a crisis and it felt hard for us and it felt terrifying. And then we want to tell our, you know, our closest friends Mm -hmm. and (laughs) our closest friends are trying real hard to get pregnant and can't. Right. And I remember the day you guys, Came, came in the kitchen. <laughs> the I was kitchen. standing in the kitchen. Yep. And um, we were like, we need to talk to you guys. And I knew it, by the way. <laughs> you knew. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> well, I feel like infertile women have like already like a radar of like, you're pregnant. Like you breathe the other way and then you sneeze twice, you're pregnant. But it was the way and and I think it was because your face was so sorrow. <laughs> there was so much sorrow there that I was just like, oh no, she's going to tell me the quote unquote worst thing that she could tell me. Not that the baby is a blessing or whatever, but it's like, I knew it. I could just feel, I could feel your heartbreak for me of like, oh, like this is the news I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was that I felt so it was such a weird feeling because I mean, I was, <laughs> I was sad and, and overwhelmed. Yeah. But then to know that I wasn't even in a position, I almost felt so guilty. I felt actually a ton of shame. 
in the past, oh my gosh, this comes so much easier for me than most people. And like, we, we yeah, sure, it took eight months to get Olivia, but then Ava came like mm-hmm. a hot minute after that. And I wasn't mm-hmm. even prepared for that. And then Ella like mm-hmm. blasted her way through all odds. Mm-hmm. And um, here we are. And here's you. And you don't, you're trying right. so hard. Right. And I wanted to be like, can I have babies for you? Or right. can I, what can I do? Like, I could just do this. And this, then I was like, okay, that would be hard to just give a child away to right, my, right. my close friend and neighbor. Yes. And um, I, so it was just swirling and mm-hmm. I landed at sorrow and devastation and shame. And so I felt like we stood before you, these like limp hunched, sad people mm-hmm. telling you this really great news mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. didn't feel great. It felt like we were hurting you. Right. And let's both pause on that. That's so true. I feel like friends, when you have that, they feel like they're hurting you. Yeah. That's so hard. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I'm just, I was picturing how can this news get good? Right, right. <laughs> like, and you guys were just so kind and wonderful and mm-hmm. didn't like make me feel more shame or anything. You, mm-hmm. you held that tension and were happy for us and have loved my children. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I do love your children. How did you, how do you think? I feel like there's one thing I want to say of like, I think it's important to give the person that is struggling the moment to be sad, but then the moment to be happy, like to have room for both. And I feel like that was the first time I ever heard that was when we had that happen to us where I think it was, I think it's a Brene Brown thing of like, I'm happy for you or sad. What was that? Oh, it was my friend Becca. Yes. It was your friend Becca. She made it up. Yes. Genius. (laughs) There it is. No space in your heart. Yes, right. Yeah. There's, And I feel like it's like we embodied that in that moment. Because also, I was feeling sad for you. <laughs> which is this weird thing to be like, you're right. sad for me. I'm sad for you. You know what I mean? But I feel like we just held it. We just held all the spaces yeah. and everything. How do you feel like we maintained to be yeah. able to stay in a relationship? I felt like that went way smoother than I ever anticipated. I mm-hmm. think my like fear is sort of anticipatory. And so I think that the Mm -hmm. anticipation of telling you brought a lot of like fear and dread and then telling you was um, a relief in a way to just sort of put it out there and have us sort of grapple with our realities. But I feel like yours and Doug's response was, was a gift to us. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the cool thing that happened that it didn't stop any of our life and the way we did life together, like mm-hmm. we still grieved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. together, right. you know, right. we still celebrated together. Right. All of it happened right. all the time. Right. You know, and so we didn't, minute to minute, hour yeah, to, you minute know what I mean? Like, hour to hour was like, yeah. I'm having a rough day. And I was like, all right, let's get on my couch and let's cry mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um, I don't feel like we really missed a beat. Mm-hmm. But I think that the moment and sort of all of the my swirling thoughts about what that moment represented mm-hmm. was that this represents me kicking you in the face and like me getting everything you ever wanted mm-hmm. and like, you know, it's like you me getting everything you wanted that I was like not super thrilled about at the moment too. Mm-hmm. It's like when mm-hmm. you give something to your kid and they're like, Oh, you only, I, I get the blue one instead of the red one. And mm-hmm. you're like, what? 
Right. You don't deserve this yeah. good yeah. thing. And then yes. I take it from them. Right. But you like it, to be able, you had to hold all of that. And I mm-hmm. felt like you did a really good job with that. And that I was, I had a friend had told me another time she was trying to get pregnant and I told her I was pregnant with a different child, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, she just, I said, I'm sorry. I know you're trying and I'm pregnant. She says, there's room. Melissa, mm-hmm. there's room. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, there was, there was room for you to be mm-hmm. in a really, really challenging, difficult, devastating time. Mm-hmm. Um, for me to be in a really challenging, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. panicky space mm-hmm. and for us to be there together and for there to be joy in right. all of it. And I think that's what surprised me the most. I was surprised by how much joy and connectedness we were still able to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes it's like when you're pregnant, you get the ultimate prize and you're in the up position and I'm in the down position. Mm. And it's like, why can't we be both in our positions? You know what I mean? Like, why can't you be, you know, having a child and me be not having a child and still coexist. One of the girls in our support groups recently said that, um, this thing. And I loved it. She said, I started this new thing with my best friend where we call each other on Sundays at 8 PM. And she talks for 30 minutes about her pregnancy and how terrible she's feeling. And then I get to talk for 30 minutes about how I'm doing and how I'm really struggling and how I'm really, and I feel like I like looked at her and was like, that's it. You like, that's it. Like you both like had space for you and then space for her. And then you could, and she's like, and I can take her complaining now at a different thing because she's seeing me too. Because when you're in this infertility thing, you just constantly feel like your story doesn't matter or you're in a one down position. And that is just not true. It's just not true. So I thought that was really, really cool that she did that. And she said the biggest thing that's helpful about it is she's prepared for it. So it's like, it's on the calendar. She knows, she knows what to walk into. She can avoid it. She can stop it. She can whatever. And so I feel like I'm like, that's it. That's, that's what it is. It's holding space for, for both. What, hello, what was it like for you? I feel like you have a very interesting perspective because you and your husband don't want to have children by choice. Right, right. Um, So what was that like for you to have a friend like me struggling with infertility? It was definitely an interesting, an interesting phase in life for my husband and I, we had already decided, um, even before we got married, that children was not something that we were going to be having together. And so you were the very first person that I had come across um, that was struggling with this very foreign sounding word called infertility. Like it's just, it's this thing that I had no concept of what that was. I didn't know anybody that had gone through it or experienced it, or so I thought at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I have since learned that that's not true, but it was just a completely foreign concept to me. And so here is one of my friends walking through this really hard thing. And I really struggled to kind of connect, I think, on a lot of different levels with what you were experiencing because I had no desire to have children for myself with my husband. And here this was your heart's desire to have that. And so that just felt like a strange place to be a strange kind of mode to be in, to be, to be listening and, and hearing what it was that you were feeling and be so 
disconnected from it on so many different levels. One, because I didn't know anything about it, but then two, because it was not a parallel desire for me. It was not something that I knew would be a part of my future in any way. And so that felt, that felt weird and odd. And I think at the time I very much fell into the camp of like, I could see that you were hurting and I could see that you were in pain and you did such a good job of sharing with us what it was that you were feeling. And I just kind of left it at that. It was like, okay, that's what she shared. That's, that's all that I'm going to sort of take from this. I did not have the same kind of curiosity to, to ask into what it was you were feeling more. I just sort of took what you presented at us at face value and said, okay, this is, this is where she's at. And I didn't ask more into that because I could see how you were hurting. I could see that things were overwhelming and I did not want to be somebody that added to that pain or that feeling of overwhelmingness for you by asking questions. I thought I was doing a kindness by being quiet and just letting you present where you were at. And, um, again, I have since learned that that is not, that is not a kind, a kindness that that can be hurtful in so many ways. And I think, I think that that got masked by the fact that we are a group of women, that there were other people that were asking those questions. And Mm. so I felt like, okay, well, they're asking it. I don't, I don't need to be curious because other people are doing this. I don't know how to be curious about this. So I'm just going to not and let other people do that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm even wondering if, if you had any idea that I had been as disconnected from that as I I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. I would not have thought that about you at all. Um, I felt like we all were a collective group of caring for me. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've learned about myself recently, if anyone's an Enneagram fan, Enneagram sevens, which I am, um, are really? transparent. Really? I know. I know. It's <laughs> shocking. <laughs> um, I like to say it every minute, um, but is that they are transparent and not vulnerable. So I feel mm. like I was very transparent in a lot of really and not even not even like information like because you know how I feel about doctor stuff I don't know what people are saying it's more like transparent of like and Doug and I are having a really hard time and this is a real lot and yeah. we did IVF and that's what this is and then we're going to move on to this and da 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 it's like facts. so facts yeah instead yeah. of instead of vulnerability so I feel like and I feel like there were vulnerable times and vulnerable moments for sure. And I think that's what's so hard is I probably could have a vulnerable moment when I was struggling every minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think I was, if anything, I didn't think that from you at all. I didn't feel like everyone's asked me a question except for Katie. I yeah. didn't, I didn't yeah. think that. I felt like we were a collective unit. And I feel like, I love that you said that you just felt like, it's like, I didn't know what to say or what to ask. And it's like, that's great that you were allowed other people in our group that maybe did know what to say or something to ask into that. So I don't feel, I didn't feel that from you. Yeah. I didn't feel like you were less close to me or anything like that yeah. because you didn't know. Yeah. And it was, it was just a, I feel like it was, I don't know what I feel like. We're going to take this whole thing out. It's okay. It's okay. You can. <laughs> That's just, the beauty I of editing. Start in a new direction. You um, can. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that, yeah. Let me ask yes, you a question. Yes. Did you, did it ever feel weird like in the moment to be like, oh, this is something I don't want and I want it so bad? Like, did you ever have feelings of like guilt or anything like that? Or like, I feel awkward because I don't want them. I'm choosing not to have them. Yeah. And, um, I think, 
I think that guilt is a little bit heavy for mm -hmm. that, but I think it was just more of this sense of, I have no concept for what it is that you're feeling. I have no idea what right. this would feel like because right. this is not, this is not something that I will be experiencing on my own. Like I won't be, I won't be walking through this. I don't want children. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. So I don't, I don't think that it was a guilt thing. I think it was just more of this like bewilderment. I can't connect. Yeah. I can't connect. Yeah. In, yeah. in some ways. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think with being somebody that, that is, you know, more of that mercy heart and that empathy, like, sure, I can like sit with you in that emotion. And like, I, I feel your sadness and I, I carried that sadness with me. But at the same time, only as much as you were showing mm -hmm. and that, that, that again, like what I, what I, when I was thinking about what am I going to talk about today? Mm -hmm. You know, what I keep coming back to is how I had such a lack of curiosity. And so now, as you all know, a part of, you know, with this is, um, my sister, she also, um, went through infertility with trying to have both of her sons. And I want to say that it was like, pretty close after this is where I'm mm -hmm. like the years I don't know um yeah. but pretty close after what we were walking through with you and so I was able to take a lot of the things that I learned from that experience things that I that I felt myself do that I didn't like that I wish that I would have done differently and say okay here's an opportunity to try to do this differently try to do this better how can I support my sister because there won't be this collective group of women on a Wednesday night, girl night, sitting right. in your living room talking about this. Right. And at the time she was living in another country, she was living in England. So, um, how can I do this differently? And so it was, it was about learning to ask questions, learning to say, may I ask you some questions about this? And, and good one. Giving, good. Yeah. Just, just something as simple as may I ask questions about mm -hmm. this and, and taking her, uh, taking my cues from her. And mm -hmm. there would be days where she was like, yes. And then there would be days where she was like, no, I just, I don't want to. Like there's, there's so much information that I think just gets thrown and piled on you when you are trying to have a baby with, you know, keeping schedules and what is this procedure and what am I doing here? And what is the, like, like there was so much biology and science that we were learning uh -huh. with you as mm -hmm. you were walking through this and stuff that I just, did not know. And, um, and so there's just a lot of information dumping happening. And so her brain was fried at times. And so mm -hmm. just being able to, to understand that when she didn't feel like opening up and talking, I knew that that had nothing to do with me. That was just where she was at and understanding. Okay. So her not being okay with sharing today, her being a little bit snappy today, her being cranky, because she's also on, you know, hormones and putting things in her body to help her body do this beautiful thing. Um, that is, that is not about me. And I just having that real understanding and really thankful for that with her, um, just to be able to say, okay, this is, this is, again, this is not about me. And so what she is saying and what she's projecting, this isn't something that I'm going to hold on to and then be like, well, now I'm not going to talk to her about this. Like, right. Like I, I could see how that would be an easy thing to do. Like, okay, I pushed a button. So now I'm not going to ask anymore. It's like, no, keep asking, 
try not to push the buttons when you're asking, but keep asking those questions. Well, and I love that you start off with may I instead of, so I was thinking about IVF. You know what I mean? Like you're asking if you can. And I think that's why it's like, it's so important to be asking your infertile friends, what do they need? And it could change on the daily. So may I, is this a good day for, you know, those are really good because I honestly think that someone hearing the beginning of your story would love to have a friend like you that isn't curious, Mm. that they would love to have someone sit there and be like, okay, good. I'm just going to tell my facts and then you're not asking me any questions and then we're good. And I just beg to differ that there's, there's better it's better. It's better when you have a community of people around you that are caring for you. And I think that that's a great way to do it is, is educate yourself on the side Mm -hmm. too. I think that's important of like, what are all these things, but just may I, is this a good day? That's so gentle. And then I feel like it frees the person up. And I love that. It's like, if they're in a bad mood, you know, it's not because of you. You know what I mean? It's just because they're going through a lot right now. Yeah. So it's a dance. It is. It's definitely a dance. It is. It's a delicate, it's a delicate, you know, just maneuvering. And um, I've had a lot more um, opportunities. I've had so many wonderful, wonderful people honor me with sharing that this is something that they are walking through. It always feels like such an honor when somebody opens up their heart to their vulnerability on whatever level that is. But there's something about... um, I think infertility just, again, also because I'm not having children and most of the people that have shared with me, they know this about me. You know, I'm a hairstylist and so they sit in my chair. They know my story. Mm -hmm. So for them to entrust me with this very, very deep, poignant thing is such an honor. And so, you know, there, there have definitely been moments where I have not gotten it right. And I think there's still... By that, by that gentle asking in, there's still such grace for even myself when I say something that I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do that well. And, and, and I think even having the, the courage to come back and say, I did not do that well. How can I do better with that next time? You know, it's, it's humbling and it's, it's, it can feel hard, but at the same time, it's so rewarding because it means they are feeling like they're safe to share what it is that they need. Like, I think Mm -hmm. there's such this thing with like feeling safe to be you, feeling safe to share that first kind of initial sharing is like, Oh, that that's good. Like that, that's a really good thing. Okay. I want to preserve this. I want to preserve this for you through this whole process. So what are all those things that I can do to make that happen? And, and I think, even expressing to the, to the person that shares with you, like I, I may get this wrong and, and please know that my heart in this is to be here with you in this. And so like, let me know when I start overstepping, let me know when I start doing too much. Cause it is so easy to go, like you were saying, Melissa, into that fix it mode, um, where I just, I want to help. I want to do things. And I, even had a moment where I thought, do I carry a child for my sister? And I talked about that with my husband and we both were like, no, (laughs) you know, that's a, that's a hard and fast pass, (laughs) you know, but, but that's, that's like the, that's where our brains go. Like we just, we don't want to see people that we know and we love hurting. And so we want to jump in and help. And so like, you know, so many of our great posts have said with Uniquely Knitted, if you don't share what it is that you need, people will decide for you Mm -hmm. what that is. And, Mm I don't like people deciding for me what I know. Me and either. So, yeah. So, so just being able to 
have the, you know, I, I think it, it takes, it takes a little bit of bravery too to be the friend and, and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start asking some questions. I'm, I'm going to put myself out there a little bit to, mm-hmm. to ask into this and support. But ultimately, you know, just knowing that again, like it's not about you and, and how can I do everything I can to create a place where you feel comfortable, you feel safe, you feel like you can be just yourself in, in the whole process and be supported. The picture I see is the person feeling vulnerable to share. That's Mm -hmm. a risk. Mm -hmm. And then the risk in the friend is humility to learn Mm -hmm. and then giving grace to yourself when you mess up. I've had so many people after baby showers, after this, after that, text me. I'm so sorry that I said that thing. You know what I mean? Like I feel, like, and I feel like that's so great. That's humility. That's humility and having grace on yourself that you're not going to be perfect. This is a very, very big, messy situation. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you know what I mean? So, like, if you make a mistake, yeah. you just say <laughs> yes. You just yes. say whoops. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I learn. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think the absolute worst thing that we could do is to to misstep and then allow that shame that you might feel, that guilt, that ickiness to now cut you off from being able to be there for that person. That is the biggest disservice that we could do to ourselves and the person that you are trying to be there for. On to the last, but certainly not least, to Aaron, who was actually my physical neighbor at the time. Yes. Like shared a wall, shared a wall. Like I could put my foot in my apartment and a foot in your apartment at the time of yes. this season. So, what was that like being up close and personal to that? Yes, I think the word that I was like, as everyone else was sharing, that kept coming to mind is just helpless when a person that you love dearly is in pain, you want to fix it. Mm -hmm. And you want to assemble a team to fix it. And you want to problem solve. And you want to research everything. And I quickly gathered from you that that was not our job. Our job was to love and to listen and to have space to not have answers because you didn't have answers. And we didn't need to quiz you on... um, every medical thing mm-hmm. that was not life-giving you had to do that there was a time and space for that and if you knew me if you quizzed me on the medical thing I yeah. would not know like, anything I'm good I'm good <laughs> go ask Doug I phone a friend I have no idea so I think <sighs> helpless is how I felt at the beginning because I wanted to fix that for mm-hmm. you. I wanted mm-hmm. you to not be in pain. I mm-hmm. wanted to, you and Doug to not be in pain. I wanted you to have children. Mm-hmm. I I would lay and pray and be like, okay, this is their time now. This mm-hmm. is it. Mm-hmm. Fix it. And um, I think it's interesting, Katie, that you said you felt bad sometimes not saying more. Mm. And I think what actually you taught us in a friend group, Jesse, is leaving that empty space Like we would be in the middle of a conversation and all laughing and something I think we have all learned through shared grief, through individual grief, is that there's a moment that you can be laughing so hard and then that gut moment of Mm -hmm. I am in so much pain Mm -hmm. and the room stops and it's time to grieve together and you don't have to say anything. And I Mm -hmm. think that is actually what 
created so much deepening in all of our friendships is mm-hmm. you would cry from out of your from toes up mm-hmm. and then share and we learned so much you and Doug have been the best teachers of our life you took your grief and you shared it and yes sometimes it was really factual mm-hmm. but it was really beautiful you let us all in you did not have to let this community into all of that and you chose to to seek health and to let people love you. You let people love you. Wow. Thank you for saying that. I knew I I was drowning. I was I knew I would drown if I didn't. That's but that was the choice. So either save yourself and get a life raft. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah. And drowned. I yes. feel like it was like, it was like, a, like getting water in a desert. Like I, I had to have it. I had to, I had to get it. Yes. It was risky and vulnerable and, yes. you know, sucked at time to be like, I'm not perfect. I don't know if you guys are aware right. of this. You know what I mean? Like, so. Well, you didn't have answers all the time. Yeah. I didn't have but answers all the time. people don't need answers. Even if they want answers, that's not really what we need. There was times when you were like, I'm not drowning, but I'm just out here and I need to be for a second. Right. And then there was times when you were like, I need a lifeline. Right. Right. This is actually what I need. Right. And I think sometimes right. just saying it and not apologizing for needing it. Yes. Was so good. Mm-hmm. And also just reminding the person going through grief, like you are not a burden. You were never a burden. Like mm-hmm. everyone wants to know how to love you well. And so I think there is a lot being asked of you in that, mm-hmm. you know, to have to convey what you need. That's hard. It's not easy to, to put into words what you need. No, it's not. But I'm realizing that I can very quickly say what I need and immediately know. And people don't do that. That's yeah. new for me. <laughs> I learned that like a month ago. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not easy for people. So I think that was also helpful is I really knew what I needed and I could make boundaries for myself. Yes. If I, if yes. I didn't want to talk about it without even being asked or whatever, like I could, I could be like, I, I don't, I can't do this right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, but then that also was humility in you to be able to be like, and I don't need to know right, right now. Let's talk about something else That's or when you whatever. Say, okay. Five times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. yeah. We're moving right along. I don't need to know. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, you learn those spaces. Another thing from my own grief in life is something that you would do is just ask me where I was at. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. How's this going? Mm-hmm. Specifically, how is this part of your grief? That I went, I don't know if that's exactly what you want back, but I'm going to mirror to you. So it's like, know your person. Yes. How have they comforted you in the past? Did they bring something over? Mm-hmm. Did they text consistently and check in? Mm-hmm. What was a way that they were able to show you love, mm-hmm. mirror that back to them and see their response. So right. I would do that at first, right. know that we were going to a baby shower, know yes. that some big thing was coming up, know the anniversary, know how many months this has been, know whatever. You were really good at that, Erin. You were really good at like I'd, being my buddy at the baby shower. Like I always tell people, go oh. with a buddy. Mm. And you were so good at that. And I remember so many times where it was like very heavy, you know, um, baby talk because you're at a baby shower what the hell are you supposed to talk about so you know it's like yes yes and it's like I remember so many times you just grabbing my knee underneath the table being like I know I know you know so I feel like that was really helpful for me um 
just to know that someone else could be like, ah, you're, you're getting pinged. Like I'm getting pinged. You know what I mean? This might not be, this is not a pain for you, but you can put yourself in my shoes and you know, and that was really helpful for me. And you were always so good at being like, this person said that and whatever, or warning me if someone is pregnant. I feel like that's what's so a big thing also that's missing with people that don't tell their community yeah. is like you're missing this like warrior that's with you. You're you know what I mean? That's like in it. Who wants to be ahead of you. And yes. Like, yeah. You know, I couldn't save you from any of the pain. No. And that wasn't, that wouldn't have done you any good to save you from pain. No. But there are times to like be before your person and see there's ways to like prepare them. Right. To be their getaway driver yes. for a baby shower. Yes. You know, and like I always knew I could look to you and be like, I have to leave. And you're, you're like, I have to leave. I have to go. Yeah. I have to go. I have to go. It's not her, it's me. Yeah. It's exactly. And take you the blame for it. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And so just being in tune, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and you're going to make mistakes, like Katie said. Like you're going to have to apologize. I'm, I know that I said things that I'm like, oh dear. Oh mm-hmm. no. I totally forgot to ask about this or that. And usually, your graciousness was huge, but also you were like, I, I got a lot on my plate to think about. I wasn't really. Yeah. Right. That concerned with. Right. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you at all. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. And then I think what was interesting was when I started trying, mm-hmm. um, you quickly were just rallied behind me and said that you were excited. There was nothing you didn't want me to share mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and then it took a while and then it took a while Yep. and that was hard. And what was interesting was I felt in the years of trying that we were on the same Island all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Cause you, I know I'm like, she gets it. She knows where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I am gutted. If mm-hmm. I go like mother's day feels like you can't breathe that whole day. I literally was like, my husband's a pastor. And so it's just, how you gotta go. On a mother's yeah. day? And I'm like, Oh gosh, <sighs> I just, Mm-hmm. The mothers stand and you're not standing. Yep. And, and so it was just really interesting. I was, I had lived at through your lens and now through my own lens. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I remember I was about to tell you that I was pregnant and mm-hmm. I was talking to Matt and I had been so nervous that my people weren't going to be surprised because I had let them in. Um, but that was something you said. You said, do not think for one second that you're not going to have a parade thrown by me when you tell we will be surprised. Yes. Because we're rooting for it. Exactly. I think that's a dance too. It's like knowing what's going on with them, knowing they're going on treatment, yeah, knowing yeah. doing all that. And then it's like, but not being like, well, I know they did Clomid this month. So I'm going to yes. be thinking every minute, every yes. second, every every hour if they're pregnant. Like, you know, it's like giving, it's just a little bit of a Well, you never want to tell anybody when you get your period. Right. You never want to say it. Right. Right. Or if you're about to, or if you're late or anything like that, cause you're like, Oh, I don't want to ruin the surprise. And then it comes and then you're gutted. Right. And you haven't given anybody mm-hmm. that like heads up that you're in that territory. But mm-hmm. I remember having you and Patty over first. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have a girl's night and everybody couldn't come. And I'm like, of all the nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have a video of telling you guys and after you left and I, I paused it and I zoomed in on your face in your excitement. Oh my goodness. Becca, Melissa's friend who has said the thing about having no space in your heart. I literally just sat there and let it wash over me of 
my grief for you and my excitement for me because that is what you gave me, that gift. You were as thrilled for me as if you had just found out you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you did that. That's like felt unhumanly possible to me. I I will never forget that. I have that screenshot of your face of just like reminding me that there is space for bold Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. told me like if you have morning sickness which I did but like don't hold that back from me right and not complain about it exactly I was trying so hard never to complain about pregnancy right and you were like that's not real yeah exactly that's not real I'm gonna complain about my side and then you're gonna complain about your side exactly even though that's something that I want yeah I, I don't know though also I think we had had our son in our lives at the time. Yes. Yeah. So I think that was also why it was helpful because, but also this is very interesting. This is a big thing in the infertility community is, are you excited for the person that went through the struggle? You know what I mean? Like right. what's that like? And yeah. then, then if you use that Island approach, now I'm not on the Island. Yes. With you. Did yes. you feel that? Oh yes. I went, Oh no. Now we're going to float away from each other. Right. Now we're on separate islands. Right. right. And quickly based on how we talked you were mm-hmm. like, nope, you were going to tell me how mm-hmm. you're feeling. You're going to tell me how you're excited. You're going to tell me how this is going. Mm-hmm. We are not on separate islands. There mm-hmm. are bridges and mm-hmm. we can cross them at any point mm-hmm. to be with our person. Mm-hmm. We are not on our lone island with only people that can ha- ex- have those shared experiences. I'm not now on Melissa's island. Right. Melissa has kids and right. we share that kid island. No, there's no such thing as kid island. There's right. no such thing as infertility island. Right. Go cross the bridge and get there and right. be in that moment when it's time. Right. And, sometimes- and then it's so funny, someone who maybe has, doesn't have kids by choice, you could think, oh, they're welcome on our island or whatever. Right. But the person that's struggling with infertility, you want to like, you know, like, it's that upper and lower thing. They're not going to want to be on our island. Exactly. So just don't talk about kids. Exactly. Right exactly. It's like, it's like no. right. Um, I know. I always tell people that that reaction that Patty and I had, <laughs> that video that we should just show when oh someone's gosh. like, I'm never telling anyone that I'm trying. I'm oh. like, oh, oh, you don't want to? You don't want to? I'm you just going to no show you this little bit. Obviously, Patty and I are very loud reactors. I mean, not reactors. everybody has those reactions. Yes. I mean, people sometimes are just not <laughs> right. big. But even take that I was struggling out of it. Let's say I was. Let's say I was pregnant and Patty had five kids and, we had five, and I had five kids. For you to come to us and tell us you're struggling – did it make that that you telling us that you were pregnant less exciting? It made it more exciting. I was so excited that you got the desires of your heart. That's why I put it in the hope candle in the little thing in the boxes that we sell. I say, hopefully one day you can get the desires of your heart. Ugh. And it can remind you of that season that you went through. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you got the desires of your heart. I'm so excited but for you. But that is therapy right there. Yeah. If that's not the thing, you couldn't get there just supernaturally Mm -hmm. it is hard to want other people to have the desire of their heart when Mm -hmm. you haven't been given yours that is yeah yeah it is is hard hard. like i didn't want to get mine almost in a way because i've felt so guilty Mm -hmm. leaving you behind like Mm -hmm. and it was also good going through it because i i realized like katie it's like oh yeah these are my first friends going through infertility Mm -hmm. no that's so not true right and then having my own personal experience only Questions asked to me, never to Matt. I realized, interesting. Oh, like I, 
I very rarely asked Doug how he was doing, mm. how that journey was for him, you know? Mm-hmm. I would love for you guys to speak into on behalf of people's friends that, that don't struggle in this area or are choosing to not have children. Um, what would you say, what would you say it was like or any advice or maybe what you were thinking, um, at the time? What I would say to somebody who is struggling with infertility, thinking about their friends is I would say, give me a chance, give, give them a chance um, give me a chance to know you and love you and give me a chance to get it wrong mm-hmm. and then make it right. Um, and give me a chance to do life with you in a rich way um, as we sort of fumble through it. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that fumble through it. It's like both of us are fumbling. It's not like one has it and then one is like, like falling apart. It's like both. It's fumbling. Yeah. And I have made mistakes. I mean, I have talked for 45 minutes about my vagina mm-hmm. in a room full of people <laughs> who were struggling with infertility. You know, like mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. done these things where it's like, Ooh, I got to get it. I got to do it different. Right. And so I am grateful for the grace extended because in my heart, I don't think anybody wants to be mean. Right. You know, I, in my heart, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean to you. I don't want to hurt you. Right. Um, and so all the more reason to tell me when I do and if I do. Right. Um, so, yeah. Give me it's a chance. Vulner- it's vulnerability. You got to be vulnerable. You got to tell it. Yeah. What would you say, Katie and Aaron? I would say your grief and pain aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And taking it and having it all to deal with by yourself and your partner they have their own pain. So it's like you have this opportunity to learn your language. And yes, that's more work. And you're already drowning. And the last thing you want to do is have to explain what you need, translate your grief. But like, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. If you build Mm -hmm. this space where you're like, I'm going to be messy and ugly and I'm figuring it out but your people will come and they will sit at your feet and they will Mm -hmm. cry with you and the right ones will learn it. Yeah. And they want to learn it fast. Right. They want to learn it fast. Because otherwise Mm -hmm. they're going to go and like other people we know, they're going to Google and research and tell you about their cousin and this other person and this one treatment. And you're already doing that. You don't need more of that. Mm -hmm. You need people who get you. So, and they're ready to get you. They can learn it so fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes I've heard people when they actually do put themselves out there, how they're surprised who's the ones that actually show up. It might not be their mom. It might not be their best friend. It's a friend of a friend or something like that who all of a sudden becomes this really safe person. You know, so putting yourself out there is so worth the risk. Yes. I like that you said that. Yeah. What do you think, Katie? Yeah, I love I love how you said, Aaron. Um, you know, they that we want to learn and we'll learn quickly. And Um, I think that that's, that's that little nugget to, you know, kind of take away that you might have a panel of your people standing in front of you and you can, um, put this vulnerability out there and you will see really fast who are the people that are just going to 
be able to kind of um, adapt and, and learn and will become, again, with that word curiosity, we'll become curious. Um, with curiosity, it's like how, how can I learn? How can I support you? How can you be curious, uh, you know, back with me about um, not, not to like say, oh, let me, by me sharing my infertility with you, even though this is something you don't know about, let me make it easy for you. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but just having that curiosity to be like, okay, can I, can I ask why this might be hard for you to be here in this moment? Like we're all coming into each other's lives with our own traumas and woundings from life and family and whatever. And that's not, um, I think there's, there's that beauty in that shared sort of back and forth of, I want to be here to support you. This is how I can do that. I might actually have something that keeps me from being able to give you what you need in this area, in this specific way, but I can do it for you in this way. Is that something that works for you? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a really long roundabout way to get to that point, but that was the point that I was trying to make. There have been moments where, um, people have said, I, I need this and knowing myself and how I operate, I cannot give them that in that way. That will be something that will, I'll just totally blow or mess up. Or it's a thing, it's a, a hard thing for me, but I know how I can support too. And asking them and saying, is this okay if I show up for you in this way? Because this way isn't a way that works for me, but I want to be here for you in this. So, you know, kind of, kind of knowing even sort of as the friend, what are those areas that you can support in? How Good. can you support and love? Knowing your parameters, knowing the places that you do feel free and safe and what wells you have from which to draw to give so that you are able to um, meet them where they're at. The biggest thing that I feel like from listening to everybody is vulnerability from the person who is struggling and humility from the person that's the friend. Yeah. Yeah.